0: Welcome to Change Hackers, providing daily insight and inspiration for people changing their world. I'm your host, Tony Cook, and I invite you to join me today in conversation with someone on the front line of driving change and transformation. My guest today is Daniel Bookbinder. Daniel is CEO and founder of Alterna Impact, a social business cultivator based in Guatemala that launches and supports grassroots ventures to address social issues. With a background as a serial entrepreneur, Daniel, along with his team of 30 staff, work with over a thousand social ventures across Central America. As such, he brings both the worm's eye view and the helicopter view of where entrepreneurial change agents for sustainability need the most support. I spoke to Daniel online from his office in Guatemala. So Daniel, welcome to Change Hackers.
1: Thank you very much, Danny.
0: So why don't we start by just exploring why on earth you got into doing what you're doing?
1: Well, I come from a business uh, background in, in university. Uh, right after school, I went to uh, to work for a, a multinational for L'Oreal. Uh, I did so for about six years. And, you know, as, as much as I uh, was kind of enjoying the, the young uh, adult corporate life and, you know, just like... Uh, taking a go at, you know, understanding markets in, in different continents and, and, you know, having a growing responsibility um, and really getting into the nitty gritty of, of, of how uh, corporates work. Um, I was enjoying that, but at the same time, kind of, I, I, I always had the feeling that, um, you know, I was not really kind of uh, aligning into my purpose. Um, so you know, after six years, uh, I, I took the decision to basically um just act upon my um like constant frustrations about about what what I was doing, right with mm-hmm. my time and with my my purpose and and so basically decided to take a go and and went to to kind of start crossing the bridge into something that I did, didn't know at the time what it was or what, what was I really looking for, uh, except for, you know, just like a general purpose and something that, that really made my days full uh, professionally. Did
0: you have a clear sense of what that personal mission, that that purpose for you um, was at the time?
1: Not really, not really. And I think that's, that's interesting because um, I think one of the big learnings for me was that, you know, when you have this hunch that you're not kind of aligned, um, you don't really need to... To know exactly where you're going right um, or, or put it in another form it's like you don't need to know exactly what is your purpose at any given time the i think the important part at least for me or what happened to me was to really take action into at least giving a shot to exploring what that purpose could be um, i guess that what was kind of calling me was uh, an experience that had to do with a kind of more rural context. I knew that, right? I didn't know what where that would take me to. Um, but basically, at least it took me to, to Guatemala originally um, to explore a very short-term possibility with a, with a local NGO, whatever, that kind of was aligning what I liked doing, which was kind of marketing and business, because I always liked business, but I wanted business with a purpose, right? So that was kind of... I, I knew there was some... Uh, potential in that intersection, um, and so that's what what I came to Guatemala, and you know, eventually the the, the reason why I came here was not necessarily the um, or, or the first opportunity I came here was not necessarily the, the one I, I was was going to advance with, but basically following that purpose and following that kind of um, thirst to uh, to explore. Um it happened to me that in Guatemala, in a, in a kind of more rural context, I understood a big possibility of what social enterprise role could be hmm. in a context like Guatemala and then eventually understanding even that role in all Central America um, from a different perspective that social entrepreneurship used to have like eight years ago, which was kind of very top down, mm-hmm. very elite, elite type of entrepreneurs solving the world's problems. And understanding that that problems could be solved also from the ground up, and basically mm-hmm. that was what became Alterna's mission. Uh, so that's kind of the the, so the path.
0: Where, sorry, where did the interest in rural come from?
1: Um, well, actually, after after I, I studied uh, a master's in in London, and I wanted to to remain in London. You know, I I wanted to follow kind of a sustainability career. And I knew London was the place, you know, like kind of the capital of a lot of uh, trends on sustainability and companies doing kind of frontier uh, kind of CSR things and, and just like uh, like green supply chain. And and basically it was in London uh, after a series of interviews uh, in a very well-known fair um, trade company that I, that's, that's where it hit me, you know, I kind of knew the theory and the practice from the corporate perspective, but I've had very little understanding and, and kind of flying hours with communities, with understanding where things came from. Right? Whatever you sell, where does it come from? What happens there? And somehow, kind of, so, or, or something, kind of very uh, inside uh, in me was kind of pushing me to, to try to understand and to live. That from a first hand perspective and not something someone told me or just like spending some days or some weeks in the field um I really needed to to take a grasp on on, on those uh, on those perspectives
0: so what's interesting for me here is is that first of all, you took the first step without knowing where you were heading um except from away from a lack of alignment right uh, in right. in the corporate job. Uh, and and you, you took this brave step of of going to Guatemala to try things out, you had some things informing this in terms of interest in rural, interest in gra- grassroots, bottom-up social entrepreneurship in terms of solving problems, but you didn't set out with a vision for I'm going to set up a social incubator to support these grassroots enterprises. That came uh, into, into focus uh, over time. So, can you talk us through how that vision for alternative impact took shape?
1: You know, as, as I understood that there was some interesting challenge uh, and a big opportunity for social enterprise. You know, I, it was very tangible to to for me to see the space that was not covered by government by the private sector and by NGOs. It, for me, it was so so clear. I had absolute clarity on that on that uh, space that was not served, um, and and so basically, yeah, it was like okay, let's 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 do something about it. Um, you know, the idea of Alterna as a platform, you know, to do something regarding social entrepreneurship was uh, arose like initially. But the first thing that that happened to me was okay. You know, I can just like launch or set a platform and try to 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 start working, you know, to, to kind of incubate business or accelerate business. But there was also something happening to me that I I that I needed, you know, and I said, I who am who I am, who am I to, to to try to to serve social entrepreneurs and to to preach without having practice, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was something that that it was kind of a, um, a, a something that needed to be done to, to, to become a, an an entrepreneur myself and to understand what I was talking about and to have some sort of base um, you know to feel a little bit confident uh, in the future. Uh, that, that whatever I'm going to talk about or, or share about is something that I have lived in my own skin. That was some sort of like a coherence kind of basis that I that I think it, it has been always very important in my life. Mm-hmm. And so basically the first years of Alterna, the first three years of Alterna, were all about launching social businesses. So we did not talk about uh, other entrepreneurs. We basically set a couple of, of businesses from the ground up from scratch um, one uh, well both basically in, in kind of a very kind of basic clean tech for rural areas um, and, and one is a wood efficient stove business the first one that is 100% commercial stove business in Guatemala uh, at, at the time uh, and another one uh, about biodigester. So anyway, we, we developed, uh, well, I, I, you know, started kind of uh, forming teams, uh, doing everything an entrepreneur needs to do uh, to have a, uh, you know, a proof of concept and to test the uh, uh, market segments and to test products and refine. Um, and so that took us three years until, you know, we basically were able to launch uh, Doña Dora, which is uh, uh, the, the Woodstock business, which is like still active today. Uh, we raised some um, seed capital from, uh, from from international impact investors. Um, and so, you know, that that became a, a spin-off and it, it took its own life. And, you know, eventually I kind of detached from it. But the essence here it was that that gave us the opportunity to 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 learn what it means, what does it mean to be a social entrepreneur from a non-traditional context, which would be from London, from New York, from Berlin, to try to solve a a problem in West Africa or in Latin America or in Southeast Asia, right? So um, that was very interesting. And actually, um, from an original idea of being an incubator or an accelerator, what we understand is what what entrepreneurs on the ground need are different perspectives, which we ended up calling a cultivation approach. So we do not incubate, we do not accelerate, we cultivate. Because cultivate the basic premise about cultivation is its non-linearity. You know, the sometimes the incubation and the acceleration assumes certain elements um, regarding academic, cultural backgrounds of entrepreneurs that would assume certain linearity that you cannot project to the vast majority of entrepreneurs that do not come from that background, okay? So that's the essence of why we call it a cultivator, right? So Alterna is a social business cultivator. Um, and so, yeah, that's uh, that's basically kind of the path on how we started by creating businesses on purpose so that we can gain track to then have a methodology and an approach for uh, to work with other social entrepreneurs.
0: Had you, up to that point, had any kind of history of of exercising your entrepreneurial spirit, you know, in the workplace or at college or in school? You know, had you had you self-identified as being entrepreneurial during, you know, in the run-up to this? So it was a little less of a leap to become an entrepreneur.
1: So. I think, like right now, looking looking back, I think I've always had a, an entrepreneurial seed. You know, I uh, my first venture, if I can call it like that, I did it like when I was nine years old. I started like a cake business.
0: No I started selling <laughs> cakes to. Uh, Were you doing the baking?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I always loved baking, and you know, I I like for six months or so, I I actually was doing kind of pretty well for a, a boy that age. And I always, I, I think that the entrepreneurial, uh, you know, DNA regarding curiosity and, you know, that's trying to to um, to create things and to convince people, you know, for certain uh, value propositions, you know, that it's, it's called now, that has always existed in me. Mm-hmm. But I never kind of self-identified as an entrepreneur until now that I look back and I said, yeah, that has always been in me somehow.
0: And and it was clearly important for you to uh, to get the entrepreneur's perspective. It, it, it was it seems like it was a really important part of the uh, not just your social proof in terms of if, if it's something that gives you permission and legitimacy to work with other social entrepreneurs to say, well, look, I've walked in your shoes. But it seems like there was a it was a way of creating empathy for you as w- as much as it was for proving to them that. You've been one of them.
1: Yes, I think I think that's 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 accurate. Um, but but I also think that it was part, not necessarily for for them to think that you know that I am one of them. But actually, as we call these uh, thousand plus entrepreneurs and you know kind of the the network that is close to Alterna, we call it it's our tribe. You know that's mm-hmm. how we define. It. We have a tribe. And so I think that matches very well with what you are saying. It's kind of being part of the same tribe regarding maybe, you know, the vast majority of them do not know each other, but somehow they share um, objectives and drive and passion and pains, you know, that somehow identifies. And, and we, we we want to um, always, you know, to position Alterna as a, as this platform to serve and to try to to reduce those pains and to maximize whatever they want to do mm. uh, with their uh, ventures. So that's mm. that's kind of the, the, the essence mm. of, of what mm. we're trying to do. Uh,
0: it seems to me that it's been something of an advantage for you to have not got into this with a background of working in incubators. Um, you've almost approached it from a needs basis and then developed a model rather than start with a model and try to parachute it in. Would that be fair? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because, because I mean, it seems to me that in the I mean, certainly, certainly in North America and, and, and Western Europe, the, the incubator model, be it a conventional startup incubator or a, a social incubator, um, there's been very little innovation in recent years around the actual model itself. Uh, you know, it's enshrined in policy making in, in terms of the way governments support them and public funding supports them. And it seems like no one's challenging the received wisdom the conventional wisdom now that 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 that's the incubator model you know that 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 you take a cohort you put them on a program of x number of weeks you have a um a, a pitch day at the end of it and impact investors may or may not choose to invest at the end of it and and people go through it like a sausage machine um and, and the whole thing's very linear and and it's you know it's it it's it runs you know in windows during the course of the year um rather than when you're ready for it as an entrepreneur, and you know it doesn't it doesn't uh, um, uh, adapt to the like you called it the you know the non linearity uh, of of the journey that an entrepreneur goes on C- Could you maybe just tease out a few key differences in terms of your cultivator model uh, as opposed to what people think of as the conventional incubator model
1: sure um I guess you know. Just first to, to to your your previous reflection, Tony. I think that's absolutely accurate in the sense that um, we, uh, you know, we were we were very focused in 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 challenging that status quo. I was absolutely amazed in how you know. People were just like, well, there are incubators and there are accelerators and that's it. And I was like, why? Like like that app, like you know, it's like something that is just like by rule of thumb and no one has kind of dared to propose anything different. And um, so I think there was a, a really interesting part of, you know, on, on just saying like, you know, there can be complementary approaches. And I'm absolutely I think there are amazing incubators and there are amazing accelerators, and that when they work, they work really well. But the fact that they work really well in certain contexts does not mean that they will work well in any context, again, because of what those models assume about the people that enter into their programs, okay? And so why we created cultivation? First, because when you cultivate a plant, you know, um, a plant will go or a crop will go, go through cycles, and each cycle is different. And as they become more uh, comfortable with a certain soil and with certain conditions, they evolve in each cycle in different ways. It's not exactly the same because they are living beings. And so that was kind of an uh, uh, the, the cyclical component was very important, and that goes against the, non- the linearity. So... In terms of the tools and, and, you know, the concrete maybe modules that we use, they will be very similar to an incubator and accelerator, right? Maybe the approach is different and kind of the patience and flexibility is different and we think we kind of add our own secret sauce. But that sauce will not change drastically between what we do and what an incubator can do in Japan. What we think changes a lot is the cycles. So because of, that empathy that we, we are always trying to have with entrepreneurs, with the type of entrepreneurs that we serve, from the place they are they from and from the backgrounds that they have, we do not assume that all of them will absorb the same value in the same way at any given moment. So basically we have different cycles of cultivation that they can, that they are maybe shorter and that they're with different levels of intensity, so that we provide some space for them to adapt and to grow and to refine in each cycle without putting the pressure that it's a binary thing that is all or nothing, you know, in this mm-hmm. process. So we assume that they will learn some things and that they won't be able to get everything because life is different from an entrepreneur in the Guatemalan highlands. Than from an entrepreneur in New York City that comes from a Ivy League school, right? And and we should never assume that they will um, they will they will absorb the value the same way. Um, and we have you know to, to to make those to make those differences in in place basically.
0: Um, something that struck me, which just reminded me of um, as you were talking about those di- uh, quite stark differences between the context, um, it is. The departure point for the the entrepreneur in terms of the scale of their ambition, uh, and uh, we were talking when we were in India a, a few weeks ago um, about the um, the investment community and and the unicorn mentality that they have. You know they're looking for hundred million people addressable market need um, to make to make a social ent- enterprise investable um, and. You know, that's, that's just a, a million miles away from the entrepreneurs that you're working with. Uh, and similarly, the, the entrepreneurs that were there um, at that conference in, in India, you know, when, when I talked to them, they said, you know, I didn't start out with a grand ambition. I started out trying to change the world around me. Um, and, and then as, as I got more confident and developed my, my proven model, then my ambition started to grow a little um but it never started out with that you know a world beater uh, and then worked backwards from it it started out very modest so is that what you see with with the people
1: you work with absolutely i mean we we work with a, a wide range of profiles but i would say that kind of the the the, the median profile of 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 entrepreneurs that we work it's i, I would say it's, it's more around that you know um and, and it's it's funny to hear that from uh, you know you mentioning this from from Indian entrepreneurs where you know they can think of huge markets because of their context you know in Guatemala in Central America markets tend to be tiny you know compared to uh, to basically any country in, in Asia um, and so that would be kind of uh, the you know, the, the vast majority of the cases uh, of, of, of entrepreneurs here. And that is also a challenge, you know, that we face because drive and ambition is not only some something regarding to the context that people are from, but also from a cultural perspective. Um, you know, it's not necessarily um, kind of well seen or it, it not, was not necessarily well seen in the past that someone had ambition you know like someone had ambition to um, to grow a business um, and I think that's what, what why a, a social enterprise in a context where that had its kind of uh, probably negative connotations and um, when it's about purpose and what you want to do is to change a uh, context and to to make things better for you know the society or the environment I think it can change but um, ambition ambition, and drive is a very important thing and something that we also struggle with also because of the context of entrepreneurs that we work with. Now, aside of that, and I also related to, to your comment, I do think that there is a very weird obsession about mm-hmm. scale, you know? And I absolutely understand why an investor will be obsessed with scale. You know, it it makes sense, you know, because that is how the the investment will, you know, just succeed and they will have an exit and they will have a very successful exit. And I absolutely understand that. But I think that it is about time that we start uh, contextualizing what scale means and when and how and with whom scale is important and when scale is important in an investment process. I do think that, that there should be especially impact investments that should not be uh, so much obsessed with scale if there is a, a true objective of changing uh, realities
0: mm. in mm. underground. I mean, this, this whole business of contextualization seems to be being spoken about and, uh, and recognized more and more um, you know, away from the the borrowed, globalized kind of p- world view um, from from the private sector that social enterprise, particularly, you know, th- th- that spawned out of the Ivy League and the well-educated um, West, you know, looking to, su- to to solve social problems in developing countries, like where you started out talking about. Um, you know, th- the more the more we we, we focus on homegrown talent in terms of social enterprise the the more the the importance of context comes to the fore Uh, and it leaves me wondering you know in terms of this the the this really important point you're making around the kind of when's the right time for scaling um uh, and and given the differences in ambition and confidence and so on uh from local entrepreneurs you know where the the opportunities are uh, around amplifying collective impact um of what you call a tribe of social entrepreneurs, you know you're you know alterna as a tribe so where do you see the big breakthroughs in terms of scale um uh, in terms of a collective impact um taking account of all these different contextual differences does that make sense as a as a question
1: yeah absolutely and i I think there are kind of a range of approaches to, to, to scale and it is I think it's, it's also a matter of what type of scale you want right and, and why why scale is important and when those questions are in place I think the conversation and the approach will tend should tend to change uh, in a very interesting way from our perspective and what we want to do And the type of scale that is important for us is the number of entrepreneurs that are being role models in their communities and changing realities in communities and neighborhoods regardless of the size or the scale of those individual impacts. So that is one perspective that is very important for us. Of course, there are other type of perspectives and entrepreneurs that gain scale are immensely important but the approach that we are like bringing trying to bring to the table is that it should not only be about entrepreneur like one entrepreneur who you know hits the fan and 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 just like basically does it and that's the only one and the next 999 you know basically didn't do it for us it is very important that the ecosystem is filled with um, healthy uh, diversity of entrepreneurs that have different approaches and different um, uh, consecu- consecutions of scale, per se. And I think that is where, from our perspective, things might change structurally, right? So that is kind of our perspective, and this might sound a little bit philosophical, but for us it's important that um, there are many people doing Uh, well and doing good regardless of their scale and when they have you know when you accumulate that impact uh, and because of the diversity of that impact is when you know real change uh, will be seen from our perspective
0: yeah and i know that makes total sense total sense so what's your sense of where the 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 entrepreneurs you work with get stuck the most what's what holds them back
1: Um, and I think we 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 probably you know mentioned you know those those aspects before and from our perspective is um, you know it, it has to do with drive. Um, it has to do with drive in the context of many entrepreneurs, especially young entrepreneurs uh, having this um, gap in expectations between, how fast they think they are going to have an operating and maybe profitable business between the reality, between between that and the reality of, of those businesses actually launching. So when the drive is not as deep and as powerful as it is needed, as it has always been to be successful in anything, um you know you will tend to see just people that just like try stuff and that's fair enough you know people should be have have the possibility to try uh, to try stuff and i think we think that's very healthy and that's why we have offered that platform but at some point what we see is that there you know this gap um, is 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 very um, is crucial you know between the, the expectations of them uh, you know maybe some of them think that you know in three four months they'll have something running and it's like okay put instead of using months puts put years there and you will probably approach to something uh, more real and so you know how to match the drive also you know the possibilities of existing and as entrepreneurs because you know there is also life and you know you have to either have uh, income to maintain yourself or your family uh, especially in conditions that are not so um, easy for for entrepreneurship and um, so in that kind of uh, gray area uh, is where a lot of entrepreneurs kind of fall down let's say um, and and that's you know that will be reality for for many of them um, and and there, there there needs to be a lot of combination of, of things where of course you need drive but also you need to be able to prove that your business is worth for your time and your energy uh, and that it can really at least make you, um, you know, be be kind of operational uh, as as, as a person, you know, to have enough budget to to maintain yourself or to sustain yourself. So we are kind of at that level of entrepreneurs where those kind of the the alignment of of those elements are crucial. Um, Maybe in more kind of, uh, quote unquote, sophisticated uh, context, there are other type of support for entrepreneurs to, to, to sustain themselves. Um, maybe some incubators offer kind of those, uh, those possibilities, but, you know, in the context that, that we work, it's, it's not the case. And that will be a, a, huge, um, a huge barrier to, to overcome as entrepreneurs in, in this kind of context.
0: Across Central America, and what's the general attitude to uh, entrepreneurship? You know, is is there a, an acceptance of failure? You know, what the, what's what's the attitudes of, of of friends and and social groups and, and families and so on towards people being entrepreneurial?
1: Um, I think it's it's kind of pretty varied. I wouldn't say there is kind of a single trend. And I think also the ecosystem, you know, this new wave of entrepreneurship and startup ecosystem and and, and jargon and, and drive and emotion. I think that 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 is kind of shifting um, and, and normalizing entrepreneurship per se, and also, you know, by by uh, by as a result of that, also normalizing failure. I guess that that slow, slowly is kind of something that that will be kind of normalized. But I would I would say that in in Central America there is also a lot of entrepreneurship for for necessity, right? Um, And so in a few cases, you will see very interesting models and and, and businesses thriving, but they come from a a necessity-driven path as opposed to an opportunity-driven path. So this has, like, very important implications with differentiated or innovative business models, you know? Those those businesses that have, you know, that, that thrive, in, in many cases uh, will will come from you know just like from from a necessity standpoint and not necessarily opportunity. Uh, and I think that the the, the the whole conversation changes drastically if it comes you know or if it's entrepreneurs that need to need to to go and, and, and look you know an income for themselves because there is no other way.
0: Yeah, I suppose that, that guards against, in, in a, a cultural context, like, like you have in Guatemala or, or across Central America, uh, against the risk of over um, exactly the, 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 the business of, of entrepreneurship. You know, so people are going into it, you know, if it's out of choice rather than necessity, uh, you know, with a, a, um, a realistic sense of, um, of what's involved and, and what the risks are. Exactly. So where's the future for Alterna?
1: well you know alterna has been kind of on a constant fast growth uh, for the last three years Uh, we're now a team of um, you know 30 full-time amazing staff when you know two years ago we were less than half of that and so you know we're we're growing we are kind of uh, this year we we start pioneering in a, as, as impact investors ourselves so we're going to start investing in, in companies in very early stages and with very um, modest ticket sizes uh, that you don't see in the in the ecosystem and that's very important um, so you know we are part of the future is seeing how we can break barriers and paradigms in the eco, in the impact investment ecosystem because it's needed because you know, and uh, an investment uh, to have impact, uh, of course, it can, it, it has to, to 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 ensure, you know, or to look for return or to look for sustainability. But, you know, that is on a long term, long term horizon, you know, I think that um, one of my frustrations with the impact investment community is that also impact investors, you know, just want to, you know, the vast majority of them want just like the return as they would have in any other market. And from my perspective, the risk tolerance for, for, for many impact investors, at least in the region, has been quite low. And I think that impact investors also need to, to devote some, some time and some, uh, some learning process and to really kind of challenge the, 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 how they can interact and how they can make true changes in the ecosystem. So part, a big part of, of where we're going is to try to, uh, to accelerate the rate and the, the types of investment that can get to, to really break some barriers of early stage entrepreneurs on the ground. So we are basically having a pilot fund uh, that we are going to manage and that we are kind of bringing people with, with that kind of background, uh, investment background, to run it. Uh, So Alterna will just like keep working with entrepreneurs to kind of optimize their business models and their perspectives. And we are going to start matching them with internal potential funding for them. Uh, And we'll see how that exercise goes Uh, in the next few years. We start actually uh, within the next month, we're going to start making the first investments. Like
0: some of that as is, is sweat equity, as, as as opposed to just straight
1: cash. Uh, it is it is pure cash and it's uh, a debt uh, instrument. But we are yeah we're not we're not going to 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 invest in equities. Just like are basically loans that we're going to provide to entrepreneurs.
0: Well, I wish you well with it. We'd we'll love to come back and see how it's going. Uh, maybe in a, a year or two's time, um, once you've got a, a few um, investments gone through the the pipeline in the meantime Daniel it's been a an absolute pleasure having you on Change Hackers thanks so much for joining us
1: thank you Tony so much and it was a pleasure
0: I'm your host Tony Cook and I'm on a mission to provide inspiration and insight for people changing their world so check out changehackers.org to read show notes guest blogs and subscribe to access bonus content remember this show's for you and change hackers like you so drop me a line tell me what you love what you hate or ideas you have for improving the show. And let me know if you know someone who'd make a great guest on this show. Maybe a friend, someone you work with. Maybe even you. Just use the contact form at changehackers.org. I'd love to hear from you. Till next time, Change Hackers.